You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. I'm Andy. I'm going to tell you a story about my relationship with my younger brother. Um, it's probably become one of the most important relationships in my life, but it hasn't always been that way. We grew up in a very ordinary sibling relationship. Our parents wanted nothing more than for us to be really tight, really care about each other. Quite frankly, at times, we hated each other. I remember tormenting him when we were small kids. I used to hide behind my mum's back and make these kind of faces at him just to see him could like get into real anguish and contort with pain. And then just as my mum would turn round to see what he was looking at, I would be like all angelic and an angel, secretly really pleased that he was gonna have to deal with her frustration. I'm three years older, very mean. Um, through our teens, we also didn't get on. We argued all the time and were constantly reminded how other families got on so well and had really tight sibling relationships. I remember walking home um, or coming into our house one day, uh, sort of after, after New Year's Eve, um, to see our home completely turned inside out. There were champagne sprays on the ceiling, a broken toilet seat, and my dad's 30-year-old whiskey collection had been demolished. I walked into my bedroom and two of my brother's friends were getting jiggy in my bed. I was furious that my house had been turned into a scene from American Pie, but probably ever so slightly a little bit more jealous at the fact that he could throw a banging party at 14 years old. <laughs> and I couldn't. So we basically grew up in that house in parallel, meeting only really at the dinner table to roll eyes at each other, fight, and actually it was quite a relief to all of us when I left for university. My brother stayed at home for an additional three years because he's desperate to be an actor, much to my parents' disapproval. Uh, he desperately wanted to get into acting school and worked really hard for it. And during that time he mounted up loads of stories that just validated my very low opinion of him. He got fines, he broke cars, he um, got fired from uh, various jobs, and always was the wrong one when, in terms of arguments with our littlest brother. Um, so I basically, during my 20s, my relationship with my brother almost faded into complete insignificance. Only every so often hearing from him when things had got really bad, and I mean really bad, that he had nowhere else to turn. And then he'd look to me for a get out of jail free card, which I would always provide, of course. Um, but if I'm looking back now, I think I probably did it more to prop up my own ego rather than out of any true compassion for him. Family events, love the topic. Family events were a, a real calamity. It was like a tornado had come through them with Matt. He approached them like the removal of a sticking plaster. Fast and quick, painful, but easily forgotten. Meanwhile, there was certainly bruising left on the rest of us. 
I remember one Christmas, oh, that was the other thing, that it, they always coincided with his tragic events in his life. So we could guarantee that if something was bad that was going on with him, if it coincided with a Christmas, he'd be on his ever so, ever best, unrestrained, fuck it, behaviour. And one such Christmas, just after a breakup, I remember him turning up at home and um, I was at our Christmas Eve traditional family get-together. He arrived late, drank as much as he could and left before our guests had left. He arrived on Christmas Day, unenthusiastic, hungover, still reeking of alcohol and then, and then sat down at the Christmas dinner table with my very conservative grandmother and started a conversation about paedophilia. It was far removed from cracker jokes and uh, complimenting mum on the turkey. So mum always felt hugely demoralised, obviously really upset, and we were always left clearing up the aftermath. So what changed? Well, I remember one of those classic Andy-Matt clashes of personalities where I was taught, I think it was a debate about feminism and it completely spiralled out of control and I remember shouting at him, you are a misogynistic arsehole. I don't want you in my life. And I remember him turning to me and saying, I don't want to be here. You've never accepted me. And I don't feel accepted here. I'm not here for you. Something along those lines. But the truth really resonated with me. I didn't know how to accept my brother. I'd grown up really honing the skill of rejecting him or tolerating him. But I definitely never accepted him. And I realised at that point that not only did he not feel accepted by me, but he felt pretty much rejected by all of us. And I know that we felt rejected by him. So at that point, there was a slight shift in the way I treated him. And I remember um, coming up to... He was in his late 20s and he was kind of homeless. And my partner at the time and I uh, offered him a place to stay for a couple of months. And it went really well. And rather than expecting him to hang out with me more, because I really wanted that, I really wanted this tight relationship now, um, I just realised that we weren't going to be at the top of his priority list. He'd come and go as he pleased, and that's just the way it was. And I let go of everything that I needed or wanted from it. And our relationship strengthened. However, there was one other family Christmas, and it was as turbulent as ever. I can't remember the exact trigger, but I know it went along the lines of Matt being as reliably unreliable as usual. My mum getting un unable to sort of hide her disappointment in him and me somewhere stuck in the middle with my mum melodramatically declaring, what have I done wrong? And I was exhausted, really exhausted by this. And I took him to a side at one point and things had died down. I said, you know what, Matt? I don't want you at my upcoming wedding. I know things have improved, but they've not improved enough. And you're too big a risk. I can't deal with this. I think that really shocked him. Not only had things improved between us, but I think he really wanted to be an uncle one day, and he really liked my partner. So he made a specific and dedicated effort. He organised the photography, and he did all the filming at the wedding. He was really fantastic, actually, and uh, besides throwing up all across the wedding accommodation. <laughs> but it was a good party. Um, never seen the wedding film. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter anymore and you'll find out that in a minute. So <laughs> things had improved um, but things really came to a head uh, I think about six months ago. So my marriage actually failed. Three years after trying and 
through difficulty to have kids, we were about to embark on IVF. And I wanted children more than anything. I really wanted that important bond, the undeniable, uh, the undeniable purpose of becoming a parent and raising a family. The idea had become too powerful, really, for my relationship. And my husband's a great guy, but he left. Who was there? My brother. And this is for him, really, because I was so desperate. So sorry. <laughs> I was so desperate. And I was so shocked and unprepared to take my life in a different direction that I took an overdose. And if you've ever been in a really dark place, it's impossible to reach out to people because nobody else exists when you don't want to exist. And my brother was there, thanks to my husband, he left, but he called Matt, and within seconds, he was on the phone. Hours, he was with me here. And I discovered that he's not only got wisdom well beyond that of a younger brother, but he's incredibly empathetic, an absolutely amazing listener. And he let me talk through my despair in an incredible way. He even allowed me to be there for him, because it turns out he wasn't going through a great time himself. And there was a really nice, light-hearted moment after a, night, a sleepless night for me where I really didn't want to be here. And we were over at House Cafe, and I realised, though I hadn't showered, I hadn't eaten, I hadn't brushed my teeth, I'd barely got out of the house, and Matt was sat across from me, and I was somehow the one giving him guidance on self-care. <laughs> I'm rebuilding my life now, and I'm learning to be an independent person on my own, not living up to the expectations of other people, just like my brother did years and years ago. He's so inspiring that, I, for me, blood really is, at this point, much thicker than water. When you can accept that it comes with pressure, and you can accept it just the way it is, it can truly be life-saving. Thank you. True Stories Live is a story show and story-finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre, and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council, and Writer Centre Norwich.